Welcome to the Gospel to Gillette podcast. I'm your host, Nick White. On February 1st, Gospel to Gillette held a conference at Calvary Community Church titled, What is the Gospel? This is part two of that conference. Praise the Lord. For the next hour and a half, it is my privilege... It is my privilege for the next seven minutes to tell you who the gospel is for. And uh, I could go around the room and ask everybody that question, who's the gospel for, who's the gospel for. But there's one obvious answer that you all know. The gospel is for people that are lost. You all know it because you were there at one time. You were there at one point in your life. You were lost and now you're found. You were blind and now you see. You can talk back to me. It's okay. Like, hallelujah, come on, Ed, or go home, something like that, okay? Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, read you a little story. It's in Luke 19, if you want to turn to it. Verse 1, it's a story of Zacchaeus. You know, we learned that song, right? He was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. And he needed to see Jesus, so he climbed up in a tree. And I messed up the song, but anyway, that's why I'm the song leader. Uh, it says here, uh, Jesus entered Jericho, if you're there, Luke 19.1, and was passing through. And a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. And the word, the name Zacchaeus actually means righteous one or pure one. Okay? He just wasn't righteous or pure yet. That's kind of what we call a prophetic name. For those of you who don't know what, about that. Anyway, he was a chief tax collector, an IRS man, obviously, and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree. Those line the streets of, of the city. So he found one and jumped up in one to see Jesus. And uh, Jesus was coming that way. Verse 5. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. Why did Jesus have to stay at Zacchaeus' house? Because there was no Holiday Inn. I got that from Pastor Don back there. No. I listen to the radio and I get these jokes, you know. Anyway. uh, And by the way, Don, thank you for having us tonight. It's just awesome that we're... You have us here tonight. After I insulted you, now I just butter you up, see? And it's all better, okay? The reason Jesus stayed at Lazar- Lazarus' house. Well, he's, he was there, too. <laughs> Let's get the right story here. At Zacchaeus' house. I know you're laughing with me, not at me. It's because he was lost. That'll make you serious. Really? Not that there wasn't a Holiday Inn in town, but he was lost. And Jesus knew that. And Jesus said to him, I've got to stay at your house today, Zacchaeus. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. And all the people saw this and began to mutter, He is going to be the guest of a sinner. Those were those people uh, Pastor Phil was talking about. Those uh, make fun of the preachers that wear sandals. That was that group. Verse 8, but Zacchaeus stood up and said 
to the Lord. Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And I have cheated, if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay it back four times the amount. I call that repentance. Amen? Jesus came to stay at his house. And Jesus said to him today, salvation has come to this house because the man, this man too is the son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save that which was lost. The word lost tonight means, in the Greek, it means to destroy, to kill, a loss of life, to die, or to perish. When a person is lost, they are walking dead. And that is why we have to preach the gospel to Gillette, Wyoming. Ladies and gentlemen, I am not a native to Gillette, Wyoming. But God has called me here along with these other men and along with all of you because he has put a message on our heart, something he has run through our life. We have experienced salvation and he has called us to preach the gospel to the lost of this city. And that is why we are here. Praise God. You may praise the Lord right now. You see, that's the mission, folks. The mission of you and me, of Toby and Pastor Don and Pastor Phil and Pastor Bob over here. And then you, everybody in this city. The mission is the same as Jesus' mission. To seek and to save that which is lost. It doesn't say to stand in a church pew or sit in a church pew and to wait for the lost to come to you, to seek and to save that which is lost. Are you with me? Hallelujah. Need to see a few more hands, but by the end of this, we'll see them. Hallelujah. To seek and to save that which is lost, because that which is lost is dead. Yeah, I am yelling. Hallelujah. Because it's real. It's real. They're walking dead. And you know what you were like before you got saved. My goodness, I don't even want to think of what I was when I was before I was saved. You know what? I was a good boy. I was a good person. I would think I was addicted to M&Ms and uh, Kool-Aid. I didn't shove dope up my nose or wherever they put it now. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> I don't intend to be funny. It just happens. Um, the gospel is for the lost, folks. The gospel is for... Uh, Toby gave me this word, so I'm going to shoot it out here. The disenfranchised. And I believe it's the disenfranchised with life, like Phil was talking about just a few minutes ago. The ones who Dr. Phil would go to and say, how's that working for you? Seriously. How's that working for you? How's life working for you? You see, Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus. But, you know, being a short man, meaning he was kind of insignificant. And there are a lot of people, I believe, that are doing a lot of things and buying a lot of stuff and, and putting on airs today in our city that don't know any better, number one, and number two, feel rather insignificant even when they have spent all their money and all their time polishing their self-image because they know it's empty. Should have got a better response than that. See, I, I, I bring my own crowd noises if you don't make them, okay? Romans 3.23 says, and I'm glad Phil didn't read it because now I can read it. But he was close. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, but are justified freely, freely, 
Freely. I want to get that word into your head today. Freely by His grace. Amen? Just like you were justified and I was justified. Now what right do we have to hog it? Hallelujah. The disenfranchised in life, the ones who Dr. Phil would go to and say, how's that working for you? The ones who are so influenced by culture today. Our city is influenced by culture, by the stuff on TV, by the, by the, by the crazy things that some of those people do. They're influenced today. And we have the answer for them, but we have to bring it to them. And that's the purpose of this, is to mobilize an army, a church in this city, to go out and reach the lost, which have not been reached yet. Hallelujah. This is me, number letter C. This is my third point. Those not looking for Him, that's who the gospel's for. When I got saved, I wasn't looking for Jesus. I don't think there's a great movement in this city. Maybe you know of it, but I haven't heard of it. I haven't seen a website that, that, that is the website that says, let's go out there and find Jesus movement. I don't see some public school coming up with that. Let's go out and find Jesus movement or the fire department or the police department or any department. Let's go out and find Jesus. Nobody's looking for Jesus. But I'll tell you what, he knows how to find a sinner. And all he needs to do is send you and me. It's all he needs to do. See, Luke 19.1 said, Jesus was just passing through. He was just passing through. But there was a Zacchaeus in that town that needed salvation. And he stopped his agenda. He stopped his schedule. He stopped everything. Because he knew the gospel, what he was going to do, was for the Zacchaeuses. And there are thousands and thousands and thousands. You know them. Some of you young people, they're in your schools. Some of you older people, they're in your jobs. And if you're old like me, they're everywhere. He was just passing through. But he stopped. And I just want to ask you today, thank God. Not ask you, but tell you. Thank God he stopped while you were up in the tree and took your life for His. And you fell into His arms. And tonight, I thank God that I'm saved. And I thank God that there are people out there that will be saved. But we need to go to them. And that's what this is for. God bless you. Wow, I've been encouraged by all these guys that have shared before me. So you guys have said everything, so thank you. <laughs> I have nothing else to say. But my assignment is to talk about the Great Commission. And for a salesman, of course, that's a big sale. For Sherlock Holmes, it was a big crime. But it probably is a big crime because it becomes a great omission for a lot of people. When I was growing up, I grew up in a missionary Ephesus Church, and we had a great pastor. He came out of the military. He always used to say, I went from the, pul the gun pit to the pulpit. And he was good, but I thought, holiness, I thought that that's what we paid the preacher to be. I thought missionaries, you know, go out there and evangelizing, that's what we paid the missionaries to do. So then when we start talking about witnessing, I couldn't escape the fact that we were called to do that because 
Every one of us here are appointed, we are anointed and empowered, but we need to be prepared and texturized. So that's what I want to talk about. First of all, how many of you know what the Great Commission is? Matthew 28:18 through 20, it says, All authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. And then he says, Go. Let's all say the word go. Go does not mean... I figured out what the deal is, though. We believe in we evangelism. How many know what we is? You can do we bowling, you can do we football, and how many think that's probably what... I think they're inventing that. Now, I'm one of those crazy runners, so I like to run. And every now and then, though, I run into these articles about how you can take this pill that replaces running. And I'm still looking for that. Some of you are still looking for that, I mean, as well. But Jesus said, Go, therefore, as a result of the authority that Jesus has been given, that he gives to us by the power of attorney, gives us the appointment, which is we are to go, therefore, and do what? Okay, preach, King James, or to make disciples of all nations. So that's a pretty big assignment, isn't it? And that's, that's why we need to be empowered to be able to do that. But we're to make disciples of all nations. And then we're to do what next? To baptize into the Trinitarian faith in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And then our job isn't done yet because disciple-making starts out with the confession of Jesus on our lips, but the demonstration finishes with the demonstration of Jesus in our lives, being transformed. I like the word transformed better than the word changed, because we all know one who promoted change we can believe in. You know, you can change from being really bad to a little bit better, but only God can transform us from the inside out. So I like to use the word transformation, because I believe that describes the metamorphosis that you and I are to to be a part of as the Lord continues to work with us. So changed people can change the culture. And as a matter of fact, we had a gal in our church that helped me out. So you, you can talk back to me, too. That was a good place for an amen. Usually I tell people that if they missed one there. But... <clears throat> The other pastors, we can have one of those made for you, too. That, that might help. So. so we're to go, therefore, and we're to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But then we're to teach them to observe whatsoever I have commanded you. We're teaching obedience. That's why this is such a long process. So the Great Commission is not just getting them to confess Jesus on their lips, but it is also to be transformed into Jesus' image. And that's what you and I are called to do. But the good news is, the good news, part of the good news is that he says, And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world or the age. So what is he saying? He's saying we're not doing this on our own. And that's an important thing. But the other thing that we want to talk about is the fact that since we're appointed, we need to be anointed with the power of the Holy Spirit, anointed and empowered. In Luke 24, and if you turn over there, we'll just read this little section here. You're familiar with these passages, so I'm preaching to the choir for the most part. 
But some things we forget just because we forget. And some things, I forgot what I was going to say, some things we forget intentionally. We just decide that we don't want to remember certain things. But in Luke 24, verse 46, he told them, This is what is written, The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. Then he says, And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations. We see that phrase again, nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And he said, You are witnesses of these things, and that's primarily what we're to do. We're witnesses. Our lives have been changed and transformed. We've seen other people's lives changed and transformed, and we tell other people about that. And then he says, I'm going to send you the promise of my Father. But he says that we are going to be endued. The King James says we're going to be endued, but other translations say we're going to be clothed. So the good news is we are to evangelize with clothes on. But it's not our clothes. It's not fancy clothes. It's the clothing of the power of the Holy Spirit. Because having just been appointed without being anointed will leave us discouraged because we will not have the power necessary to do that. Now, that power is available in the power of the Holy Spirit. What does Acts 1.8 say? But you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and he says, you will be my witnesses. You will be my martyrs if it needs be all the way to death. Where? First of all, in Jerusalem, Jerusalem and then in Judea and Samaria and at the uttermost parts of the earth. And that's our calling. Now, one other place, since we're talking about clothes, I want to take you over here to Romans chapter 10. This, again, is a familiar passage. We all know Romans 10, 9, and 10. If we confess Jesus as Lord, if we confess him with our mouth, we believe him in his heart, in our hearts, the Bible says what? It says that we are saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As the Scripture says, verse 11, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call upon him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's a wonderful promise. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But notice verse 14. This is part of the Great Commission that you and I are called to do. Because... These are questions that we need to ask ourselves. Verse 14, how then can they call on one whom they've not believed in? And how can they believe in one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them or announcing to them? And how can anyone preach unless they're what? Unless they're sent. And then he says, he talks about clothing again. He says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. So we have blessed and beautiful feet, especially Phil, because he likes to show them to everybody. <laughs> but I think that's cool. Now, the last thing I want to share is, is this idea. Remember I said that we need to be, we are already appointed. We are anointed and empowered by the power of the Holy Spirit. But we need to be prepared and we need to be texturized. Now, you all look really good. You've got your Wednesday best on, not your Sunday best, but you look pretty good. In fact, you might want to just turn to somebody and say, you all look really good. Because you really are a good-looking crew here tonight. And I just want to take a moment. We'll pause here for a word from our sponsor. 
We do have pizza and some coffee here following the service. You're welcome to stay over here in the, the table area over here. And you're welcome to have some pizza and coffee so you can stay up all night, be a little wired. <laughs> and also, the other commercial is we do have a bookstore. If you go through this door right here and go to your right, you'll see the bookstore. And so we'd love to have you check that out as well. But, but let's talk about this being prepared and texturized. Because Jesus, you remember in, in Matthew 9, 35 through 38, which is one of my favorite passages, because think about this. The great commission of Jesus trying to be accomplished by people who do not have the great compassion of Jesus will be futile. And so that's where we have to be prepared and texturized. And Jesus, you remember it says in Matthew 9, 35 through 38, Jesus went through the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues, preaching, announcing the gospel of the kingdom, and he was healing all their sicknesses and diseases. How many of you remember that passage? We can look it up. And then, what did he say? He said he looked at the crowds, and the Bible says that he had compassion for them, because, and a couple of the, the better, the interesting translations say that they, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Now, sometimes because we've been believers for a period of time, how many of you have been a believer for more than 10 years? More than 15 years? 15, 15, 20, 20, 20, 25, 25, 25, 30, 30, any 30s? 35, 35, 35, 40. Whoa, you were with Moses bringing those animals on the ark. Just trying to see if you're paying attention. Before he fit the battle of Jericho. Right? But, now where was I? Oh, I was standing right here. We forget how lost, lost people are. And, of course, Ed has touched on this, but sometimes we need to get around some lost people. You know, we started, what, two years ago we started Grief Share. Shirley Hecht is uh, one of our leaders in Grief Share. Stand up and wave at everybody, Shirley. If you know people that have lost loved ones, uh, we do a Thursday night Grief Share here. Again, all these commercials, I'm sorry about that. But, but one of the things that when we started this a couple of years ago, Janine and I started, were involved in leading it for the first year or two or year and a half, something like that. And there's a lot of hurting people. And if, you, if your world is all rosy and peachy and you don't know a lot of hurting people, you need to get around some people who really hurt and begin to feel their pain because Jesus was motivated by compassion. And then in his humanity, he said, by looking out over the fact that there's so many hurting people, that it can overwhelm you. And that's one of the downsides of being involved in ministry is that we can, we can be so overwhelmed by the hurting people if you allow yourself to be moved by those hurting people, if you allow yourself to let the compassion of Christ be a part of your spirit. And so Jesus, even in his humanity, he said that the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. And you'll notice that we have, he told us the solution. We've got a beautiful banner back there that tells us what the solution is. Jesus said, pray. 
He didn't say go out and collar a bunch of people, make them feel guilty to get involved in evangelism. But he said, pray to the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth. And the word send there means to thrust forth. I get the, the visual of the Apostle Paul. I remember when he was Saul. and he's, You remember he went to a great glory crusade? And he heard the praise band and listened to the great message there and went forward and did the sinner's prayer thing. How many of you remember that story, right? Or that's not, maybe not, that's in the new incorrect version. He was collared by God. He was called by God in, in somewhat of a radical fashion and was told of all the things that he was going to suffer for Christ as a result of his conversion. But you see, he was thrust into his assignment. And so what we're praying, and it would be inappropriate for us not to, for, for my part, to not include a prayer. So I'm going to ask you to stand with me, and we'll just make it easy. If you all turn around and look at that banner, let's just say that together. Lord of the harvest, increase the laborers. So let's say that together. Lift your voices to him. Lord of the harvest, increase the laborers. Let's say it again. Lord of the harvest increase the laborers. Amen. Now you can sit down and some of you now now I need to be quiet because after we prayed that prayer you know what's going to happen next? Some of you are going to hear that still small voice saying you've been doing we evangelism too long. It's time to get in the game. So the Great Commission of Jesus really starts with the Great Compassion of Jesus. That's our fuel. That's our motivation. Amen. Thank you. All right. I don't usually use one of these walking mics, but if it allows me, it gives me a little more mobility. Ah, that's better. Yeah. I'll give it to all these guys. It got me all excited now. i got to move around a bit here. Well, what I want to do, I want to, with this kind of uh, last section, to kind of tie a few, uh, a few of these things that we've talked about together, uh, to talk about not only the importance of the gospel and not only the necessity of the gospel, but also its application and how we can band together. It's not difficult to band together uh, with, with words. That happens all the time in every church setting. What is difficult is to, is to translate words into some sort of substantive action. That's what's called for. So for, with our remaining time, uh, I hope to be able to speak to that, uh, speak to that issue. You know, the great uh, Baptist uh, preacher, the Prince of Preachers, Charles Spurgeon, he was once asked a question. Someone asked him, by what manner, Mr. Spurgeon, do you defend the gospel against its critics? By what manner do you defend the gospel against its critics? Now, those of you who are familiar with this quote, familiar with the story, do you, do you remember how Spurgeon responded? As you, as you may recall, Spurgeon's response was that you should defend the gospel in the same way that you would defend a lion. He set it loose. The gospel can take care of itself. I think that... The great question of today's church age has become not so much how you defend the gospel, but people have become worried in greater Christian circles with how you package it. 
the modern uh, concern is about how you make the gospel hip or how you make it cool to a increasingly secularized audience. And to that, I would submit this. You don't. You absolutely do not. Rather, you turn it loose. It can take care of itself. See, there's nothing that you and I can add to the gospel that it doesn't already have going for it. Now, that said, I wonder... I wonder what Gillette would be like if the gospel was set loose on our streets. What would, what would Gillette be like if you and I used all the various means at our disposal, means that Peter and the, and the, the apostles would have dreamed to have a, had access to, things like the Internet and TV and radio and mailers. I mean, this is going out live. Everything we're saying right now is bro- being broadcast. It's accessible by the entire population of Gillette. You know, we have opportunities that, that would have just uh, astonished our predecessors. What if we were to really to use them? You know, things, we talk about TV can be bad and the Internet can be bad and all these different things, advertising can be bad. That's true to a point, but all of them at the same time are opportunities, ways, things we can use in order to advance the gospel, to advance the kingdom. Over the next number of months, our objective has to be to take the things that we hold to be true and present them uh, forcefully, in the sense that we put them out there for the lost and the hurting to see. There are lost and hurting people you know, within a quarter mile of this church that have never heard the gospel, that have never heard the truths that you and I have nodded our heads and accepted to be true this morning. How do we reach them? There are ways. Some of you have seen the, the door hangers that, we, that have been passed out. There's a stack of them actually over here on the table and bottles of water with the gospel on it and tracks and such. Those door hangers, they, they're, if those of you who have them, could you hold that one up real quick? Okay, you see it's kind of gold. Perfect, thank you. We had a stack a few months ago. We met in this church, and we had a stack of those. Thank you. And we took this stack of these gold door hangers. that had the gospel all over it, and I held it up, and I said, you know what? It looks a little bit like a gold brick, and the deal is it's worth a lot more than gold. This is much more valuable. If we take what we hold to be true outside these walls, outside the walls of this church, outside the walls of my church, outside the walls of Ed's church, Phil's church, uh, Bob's church, every church that, that in this community, what can happen? Let's let the gospel loose upon our streets. Now, there are specific ways. I have to get a little bit into the administration of how this can be done. There are specific ways that you can get involved, and I'm asking, I'm appealing, those of you who are not involved, I'm appealing for you to, to, to get involved with this effort. There are specific ways. Next week, uh, on Tuesday, this February 7th, at Prince of Peace Lutheran Church, we're going to hold a steering committee meeting. It's open to all. Anyone who would like to take part, to be uh, participate on the steering committee, uh, come forth. Either talk to me, talk to one of the other pastors, come to the meeting next Tuesday, 7 o'clock, Prince of Peace Lutheran Church, and we'll get you involved. We also are going to be holding citywide prayer meetings. Uh, Pastor Ed and myself are, are going to lead them, and it's going to be the first Monday of every month. First Monday of every month, 7 o'clock. Uh, the first few of these will take place at my church, which is Harvest Presbyterian. Uh, so 7 o'clock, first Monday of every month, we will pray for Gillette because any hope that we have to see revival in this town must be yoked to prayer. Uh, that if, if we think we can do it by logistics and administration and words and all that, we are wrong. It must be yoked to prayer. Now, in addition, we would like to begin airing 60-second Gospel to Gillette radio spots 
on secular stations here in town. Right now, we, we a number of pastors got together a little over a month ago, and, including a number of the gentlemen you heard speak this, this evening, to record 60-second spots about the, what the gospel is, strictly what the gospel is, not advertising a specific church or denomination, but talking about what the gospel is. We want to air these live here, uh, live here in the community. Uh, if you have not heard those and would like to, they're available on the Internet or on the Facebook page. If anyone is on Facebook, that's where a lot of the news and updates about what we're doing is is posted in terms of keeping people um, updated. So we want to begin airing 60-second uh, Gospel to Gillette radio spots. They're recorded. We just need financial assistance to help, uh, help get them uh, on the air. And our next big kind of spring objective, what we'd like to do uh, this spring is to plan some sort of big Easter event. You know, Easter is, Christmas points forward to Easter. The, 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 we, it, the, Christ's birth alone doesn't save us. It's, it's, his res, it's his death and his resurrection. So everything points forward to Easter. We would like to, around Easter, maybe the Friday night before Easter, we would like to get back together, whether it's in a church setting here or if we can... Uh, publicize it and get more people involved. Maybe we can do something at Camplex. But the idea is that we take, again, this hope, we take our faith, we take uh, the the, the assurance that we have for a a great tomorrow, and we share it with others. So around Easter time, we'll look to do something as well. And the way to find out more about that is to get involved or to uh, to hook up with the, the Facebook page. You know, all told, I could go on and on about the infinite number of ways by which we can point people to the cross. This evening, I hope that you've seen the necessity of pointing people to the cross. And one of the common denominators that we need going forward is we need the help of God's people. This is not an effort. It cannot be an effort led primarily by the clergy of Gillette. It needs to, to be, there needs to be a wide representation within the body of Christ. So again, if you have a desire to volunteer, to participate in any capacity, please talk to one of the pastors that, uh, that are here this evening. Uh, and finally, if you have any ability to assist with purchasing of Bibles, last year, if, if you saw in your bulletin, uh, bulletins there, there were pictures of the, of the Gospel to Gillette tent. In many different places this past summer and fall, we took that tent out any occasion we could to distribute Bibles. Hundreds of Bibles went out uh, to folks around the community. We want to continue to do that. Uh, if you have the means to help us get more Bibles or signs or banners or radio time, again, please let me know. And above all, uh, this evening, we'll pray tonight, and, and I, uh, I'm asking you to pray this week, this month, pray in the time ahead. Please pray for this effort, because everything that we're doing must be aided by the Spirit if we have any hope of, uh, of having any spiritual fruit come forth. We've been blessed tonight. Amen. Amen. Join me in a closing prayer tonight. Lord God, we are blessed live in this community you have placed each one of us here we're reminded that we're here for a reason we're here for a purpose we are also surrounded by the lost there are so many people that have more interest in personal things things they can purchase and hold in their hands places they can go and they're still lost 
You have commanded each one of us as believers for the Great Commission. And sometimes we set too long. Sometimes we wait too long. We look at others. We're reminded tonight that, well, I'm better than he or she is. But we also wait for that he or she to do something that we can do. Prepare us, Lord, to be your hands and feet. Prepare us, Lord, to be your witness. Prepare us to get on our knees because we can't do this on our own. Prepare us, Lord, to be to get out of the way because we ask that you loose the lion here in Gillette. When we are um, so interested in, in our own ways, that you just get us out of the way and let us help pass the, the good news to Gillette. I hope everybody here is inspired with this task. What a difference uh, this could be to our community to a year from now to look back and see the lives that have been affected by our willingness to step forward. We're thankful that we had the opportunity to be here tonight, to fellowship, to, to listen to the good news. Just let us... Uh, just let us be part of a movement here in Gillette. And we pray this in the glorious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. For more information, go to gospeltogillette.org. That's gospeltogillette.org. Be listening for future podcasts. This podcast is a production of KLWD Radio.